because it's occupying, it's consuming resources, mm-hmm. and it's not processing all the other things that we need to do just to live a normal, healthy life. Renegade Atlas, charting God's plan for your life. Uh, welcome to the Renegade Atlas. I am Matt Dowd alongside Chad Hawk. All right. And uh, we've been talking this week about expectations, how to manage expectations, and what's at the root of how we arrive at them, and how do we really get those in alignment with what they're supposed to be, where are they really, where are they really supposed to come from. And today we want to talk about one of the core issues around it and in it, which is fear. Wow. Scary topic. It is. Yeah. Um, what is it about fear that is so prevalent in this, in this area and really in lots of areas? Wow. I I don't know. Fear is one of these weird areas. I have never wrapped my brain around. Mm -hmm. I, I, I see it and I believe there's different types of fear. Okay. You know, there's, I think, um, and I'm going to go with a little, uh, go back to some old language here. Okay. Okay. There's dis-fear and you-fear. There's Hmm. true fear, E-U, true fear, and then there's bad fear. So healthy fear is um, not playing in the highway. Right. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Not wanting to be crazy like you see some people doing and walk along the edge of a 90-story building. Okay. Okay. Because you could slip and fall. And, you know, you're pretty much going to be dead. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> that's going to happen. 99.9% of the time. Yeah, you're going to be dead. Yeah. So there's okay. a healthy fear, and then there's inappropriate fear. And I think inappropriate fear often is derived from bad expectations. Okay. So it's asking the question, what if? Okay, but what if this happens and they get wound up in this what if like cycle? Like a negative sort of, yeah. It's this the emotional hamster wheel cycle. Okay. And does it matter? Does it matter if? I mean, worrying about it, uh-huh. having a fear about it. Yeah. Oh well, maybe this is an important distinction. I don't know the answer, but what's the difference between worry and fear? Mm. Okay, that's yeah, that's interesting. I mean, worry seems like something that's really present, like an emotion, you know, like it's like we're concerned, we're anxious, it's on top of our mind and it's making us feel a certain way, you know, like a negative response to something. Whereas fear could be more like, uh, like sort of a base, like a, a bedrock type of thing where like we have a a fear of the freeway, like walking across the freeway is something like I'm, if I told, I'm always afraid of doing that. Like I'm not, not afraid of that right now. Cause I'm not at the edge of the highway thinking about crossing, you know, like so worry I would understand, be... but I'm not worried about it right, right now. Yeah. So worry is you're nowhere near a highway Yeah. and you, you're thinking about what if I cross the highway yeah. and you're nowhere near it. Yeah, okay. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's that... a mental thing only. Okay. So if you were or into mental. computers at all, there's one part of your memory called RAM, and it's your quick access memory. It's the stuff that you need quickly available. Many computers 
crash and fail when you don't have enough RAM because you might have enough storage. Mm-hmm. You can't quickly access it, so the program fi- fails. Okay. Worry and fear can eat up RAM, okay. emotional RAM, okay. because it's occupying, it's consuming resources, mm-hmm. and it's not processing all the other things that we need to do just to live a normal, healthy life. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it takes up bandwidth, Yeah. essentially. Exactly. Okay. So we know that it can be debilitating. What, in your opinion, is the root cause or mm. the causes of that? Like, why do we get into that state or situation? Well, what about faith? Faith and love always trump fear and worry. Okay. Um, I also think that gaining perspective, and I'll, give you, I'll just give you a, uh, an example from my practice. Mm-hmm. Um, there was this lady who came in she was terrified of chiropractors because we are pretty scary people yeah just look Um, at (laughs) you yeah really terrified and her husband had been a patient for years and even her kids had been patients she had never come in she needed an adjustment pretty badly and she finally came in she scheduled it for a thursday on a monday okay she confessed to me um, before we went to the adjusting room for her first adjustment that she had been worried about, terrified. She couldn't sleep. Mm. She had a hard time eating from mm. Monday the whole to that day. Okay. She was so worried about it. And yeah. I said, well, what could have possibly happen? She goes, I don't even know. Nothing. I'm just wound up about it. Yeah. And I said, okay, well, and the first adjustment's normally a, a toggle adjustment. There's no snapping, cracking, popping, no sounds at all. You've had it. Yeah. It's very gentle. And she had it. And afterwards, she starts crying. <laughs> and she's lying on her side, just crying and crying. I said, what's wrong? Are you okay? She goes, yes. I can't believe I was so worried about that. I was afraid for that. Yeah. And I only feel better now. And she's just <laughs> sobbing. And I've, wow. again, I've known her for years because she's been in the office with her family for years. Oh. And she's just letting all this out. And hmm. I think it's gaining that perspective. Sometimes I could, you could come to me. Yeah. Let's say I've got a serious financial problem. I'm not understanding. And I go to you, I say, Matt, look at this. Yeah. And you look at the paper Mm -hmm. and you say, oh, I know what this means. And then you tell me, Mm. you give me a new perspective Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that I can't see on my own. And that can release my fear. Hmm. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. That's funny because I was just going to ask you, can fear be conquered any other way than by moving through it? Like the lady did, right? I think so. I think if I come to you and you help me move through it, you're helping me move through it. You're showing me, you're giving me, the term I use for it is new eyes. You're giving me a new way of seeing something I couldn't see on my own. Okay. And mm-hmm. isn't that what moving through fear is? You know, um, it's hard to see the shadow, but behind me, you can see my hand, and my hand's shadow is much gr- bigger than my hand itself. Mm. And the reason for mm. that is because it's there is, I'm adding light to something that isn't the real thing, and depending on perspective, the shadow can get even bigger. Mm. And it's not the oh, real yeah. thing. The further away you get. Right. Yeah. 
And so okay. the shadow isn't the real thing. Right. Okay. So you're it's saying in, the shadow's like the fear? Yeah. Yeah. Fear. How often, how often have you ever seen fear? <laughs> yeah. That's right. Good question. Yeah, I've seen people not... who are afraid, uh-huh. but have you ever seen fear? Now, let me change this. Have you ever seen love? Hmm. I certainly. It feels like you, you, you can, yeah. Yeah, you can see love because love is real. Hmm. Okay. So, like, how does that work? Yeah. I, <laughs> like, hmm. Yeah, you can see loving acts. You can see. You can. Just people who are operating out of love. Yeah. You can also see people operating out of fear. Right. Uh, I'm just trying to like draw the... Yeah. yeah. It's hard, though, isn't it? Yeah. But one of the most powerful things to me that I've picked up on acutely over the last two or three years in my reading of Scripture is when those angels show up. Mm. And what do they say? Don't be afraid. That's the first thing, yeah. Yeah. Don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. Don't be a fear not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Jesus says that a lot too. Like to all the, the disciples. Time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so even God, you know, God says it too throughout mm-hmm. the Old Testament and stuff. Yeah. So we're told not to be afraid, but we all experience fear. Yeah, it's real. Yeah, yeah, it's. We're told, I mean, I think it's, okay, so what if we went with that, like, fear, we're going to have fear, so is it more a question of where do we place it? Because the Bible says 500 times, I don't know, like, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, wisdom and knowledge, mm-hmm. and to fear the Lord, that's what we're supposed to do. Yeah, but I think it's more of an, an awe. Yeah, you were saying there's different types of fear, right? Yeah. Or were you saying there's, yeah, were you saying that a minute ago? Um, yeah, you fear and disfear. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a true fear. Right, right. I mean, the author and creator of all the universe you think you can hang out and be in front of? Yeah, no, yeah. In your sinful, broken Just body? Chilling. Yeah, right, right. But so, right, so that's a, I mean, it doesn't seem like it's a bad fear. It seems like it's a good fear. Yeah, you know? it is. And it seems like that type of fear is going to displace some of the wrong, the wrong fear. Like if we had a perfect, healthy fear of God, then what would else would be be afraid of? <laughs> like nothing else would, everything would pale in comparison to that. So let's do this. Let's let people, I, w- I would love for people to send us examples of their fear. Mm. And we will withhold names. Mm-hmm. And maybe in a future episode, in a, a few weeks or so, we could explore some of the real ideas that people have in their life. Mm. Make this kind yeah. of a rubber meeting the road. Because why yeah. do we use that term, rubber meet the road? It's That's the point at when we can gain traction. Something can move. Yeah. yeah. You know what else would be cool to hear is maybe stories of how someone moved through fear. Because yeah. I agree that... I think that you can learn and have a perspective shift that alleviates a fear, 
that's a certain type of experience. But I, I do think the most powerful type of conquering the fear comes through when you experience the thing you were afraid of and find out that it didn't kill you. Yeah. You know, and then like the the high dive example, like you're standing on the high dive looking down and it looks like you're miles above the water and it's right. big and scary and you finally jump off and it's not only is it you don't die, it's actually fun. You're like, oh, I want to do that again. So it changes your perspective, but it was the experience. It was powerful. You own it now. Like nothing, nobody can take you back and say, be afraid of that anymore. You're like, well, I've done it. I'm not, I know that it's not going to. And sometimes it can be the same thing, but a different circumstance and fear can overcome us. And I'll share a quick example from my childhood. So as a kid growing up here in Kansas City, we would go down to Table Rock Lake every summer with my whole mom's side of the family. Mm -hmm. And we'd water ski for days and we'd, you know, do all this stuff. And there was these, there was this cliff that we would jump off of. And it was really high. It was like insanely high. Mm -hmm. And we did it anyway. Mm -hmm. And the water was about eight feet. Hmm. Okay, so it wasn't that deep. Not very deep. No. No, we were stupid, right? <laughs> okay. But we would jump off this all the time, and it was at least 25 feet high. Wow. Okay? Yeah. It's, you know, when you're 10 years old, that's high. Oh, right. That, that's, yeah. <laughs> so we jump off that. And then we go to this um, – a friend took me to this pool here in town, and they had a high dive. Mm. And it wasn't nearly as high. Oh, yeah. 10 feet or something. Yeah. But it was whatever it was. I stood on the edge. I couldn't jump. Hmm. And all summer long, every summer, I could jump off of those, that cliff. That's interesting. And I couldn't do it. And I think it was the fact that here I am, there's this huge, expansive lake out in front of me. Hmm. And I'm tiny and almost insignificant compared to this pool that's got a very discreet border, yeah. you know. Huh. And there's, you know, 300 people. They could all be looking at me. True. And I was afraid. See if you're going to belly flop. (laughs) And there was no reason for that fear. But I got down off the high dive. Mm. I couldn't do it. Did You you never did it? Never did it. Never did it. Wow. Yeah. Never did it. Huh. All my friends did who came with us that day. Yeah. And I couldn't. Yeah, wow. So I let fear arrest me from doing something that was actually less than I had done many times before. Yeah. All because of your perspective. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Exactly. Hmm. All right. So. Yeah. Well, um, it's, yeah. It's funny to me because I was just thinking about memory and how memory plays into it. Like we remember, you know, how we moved through something or we remember how something didn't work out. And either way, it can it can dictate or affect pretty significantly how we move in the future. You know, it can cause us to continue to be afraid and avoid something, or it can be victory, and then we can, you know, do something that we were previously afraid to do. But that memory, you know, I think can be a huge way. Uh, Well, it's hugely important, at least. You know, maybe that should be something that we delve into next, next time, is talking about how memory plays a role in you know how we move forward what do you think i think it's a good idea yeah yeah okay well thanks everybody for listening to this one um we'd love to hear your thoughts your stories we want to know um what what are you afraid of now and or what have you been afraid of in the past that you've found a way to move through and conquer 
Um, how's that worked for you? So send us your emails, send us your stories, uh, Matt at therenegadeatlas.com. Or Chad at therenegadeatlas.com. Yep. And we'll see you next time. Yeah.